Well, good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad you're here today. How many have already been so blessed? Boy, the presence of the Lord is so rich. You just feel the anointing going out. And I'm so glad you're here today. And I welcome any first-time guests. If you don't know, I'm Pastor Barb. I'm the pastor of the church here. And um, I'm honored to bring the word of God to you. So let me pray, and we're going to share the word this morning. Amen. Father, I thank you today for this awesome time that we've already had in worship. God, your presence is real. Your anointing is here. And I know that you've touched everyone in some way, God. And Lord, even those that are home today watching online, I ask that you touch them. We ask, God, that you touch them. If they need healing in their body, we pray the healing balm of Gilead, God. Lord God, if they need hope and restoration, we decree that over their life and over their families and their children in the name of Jesus. God, I ask that you, when we know you're continuing to move through the remainder of this service, let healing go, let hope go, let revelation flow, Father God. Your word says where two or more come together, that you are there in the midst. And we know, God, as long as we are here together, you are here. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do through the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Give the Lord one more praise this morning. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much, Alex. What a wonderful job. Thank you. Can we give a big praise to the praise team, please? Wow. Wow. Definitely heart went out today, and we really could sense the presence of God. We're so thankful for all of them. Amen. Well, listen, we're on day, what is it, day what of our fast? I don't know. Seven. I think some of us might have cheated on last Sunday, but it's okay. We'll still count. What? You know those that bark the loudest, you know. I'm just kidding. No, that's okay. I don't care what day you're on. I, I tell you what, I've been all in on this fast, and I have been really seeking God and praying. And just yesterday, I don't know if anybody else was, is with me, but I felt a shift happen in my own life. And I felt a shift in the atmosphere. And it was relevant this morning. We could tell, evident this morning, that the God has really shifted. And I received a word from a friend of mine who's a pastor. And uh, he inboxed me. He's in Tennessee. And he just had a word for faith builders. And he said, the old season is gone. He said, God says, get ready for the new, that there's new favor coming, new blessing coming, new servers coming, and financial increase to the house of God. So amen. We receive all of that. And I truly believe that this is the season Faith Builders is really going to walk into what it was designed to be. How many know the devil doesn't attack what God is blessing? <laughs> he only attacks what God is blessing. And so I want to share with you this morning some things that's in my heart. But before I do that, um, Wednesday night was amazing. If you were able to make it out, over the top, I gave a prophetic word about the dry bones, so if you weren't able to listen to that or be here, please jump online and listen to that word because I believe it's a word for season of where God is taking the body of Jesus Christ. There's a good season coming in the house of the Lord, and I know things have looked rough and hard, but I'm telling you, there's a good season coming. I know it so deep down within my spirit. And so I want to invite you out this Wednesday. We're going to run a very similar format. We probably won't go as long, but um, I really want to invite you to come out, bring a friend, and uh, we're going to worship. We're going to pray. I may give a little short. Who knows what we're going to do? But we'll probably be out no later than 8.15, so come on out, unless God just really shows up, you know. But otherwise, uh, I enjoyed being together Wednesday. 
That was fun. I really missed that time together in that midweek service, so that was a real blessing. But okay, I'm on part two of The Warrior. And if you missed last week's uh, first message on The Warrior, please jump online. All of our messages are available for free. You can hear them, and especially the men, because I really challenged the heart of the men last week. And I'm going to do it one more week, if that's okay. You don't have to say it's okay. I'm going to do it anyway. But praise the Lord, I'm here to provoke you, amen. I believe it's the hour for the men of God. I believe it's an hour for the warriors to arise. And men have been hit in this season. And listen, I know women, we have two. And I'm going to be talking to us too because, hey, I'm one, right? But I believe God is really calling the men of God to take your position in the kingdom of God. Take your position in your homes. Take your positions in wherever you're working in your life and in your field. Because there's an anointing on the men arising in this season. And I was listening to a preacher this week after my message last week. And I tell you, he almost said verbatim what the Lord put in my spirit. That he said, he actually said this, God is rising up warriors. And I went, yes, he is. Because in order for the dry bones to arise, it's going to have to take a warrior, amen. We're going to have to be willing to get in the battle, get a little dirty in this season, get a little grit in our faith so that we can take what God has for us. So part two this morning on the warrior, again, I really want to challenge the men of God, but women, this speaks to us too, and even as I was preparing it, it really was challenging my own heart. But last week we talked about to, for a, to be a warrior, we have someone to protect, amen? Either it's our children, the legacy, or the church. We have a kingdom to advance. How many know we're pushing the kingdom forward? And we have a battle to win. Thank you, Jesus. The forces of hell are fighting so hard against the church of Jesus Christ, against believers and our faith and what we stand for. But we will win this battle. So today I want to talk about killing that inward coward. And I know coward sounds like a, a rough word, but I want to talk about this inward struggle that we have as Christ followers, and especially as men of God. And I'm going to give you a, a story in the Bible, but, you know, as we follow Christ, we can appear on the outside to be fearless, can't we? We can appear to be brave and unwavering and confident, and really, we are. I mean, when we're in faith and we love God, we're, put, you know, we're going forward and we're fighting the good fight of faith. But what can happen is we can portray something on the outside, and really, there's this completely different feeling going on the inside. And I want to share with you this morning that that's okay and that's normal. Because when you are serving Jesus, you are going to want to fight the good fight of faith. But there's going to be this deep sense of what if I fail? What if I do something wrong? Am I good enough? Am I too old? Am I too young? You know, am I going to fail? Whatever that is, there's this battle going on on the inside of us, yet we're putting on this strong exterior and feeling like we're confident and really, we're really struggling with things on the inside. So what's happening? There's a battle that's going on. And I believe, men of God, you need encouragement in this season. I believe, men of God, you need to know that everything's going to be okay. You need to know that you're called and you're anointed and you're equipped for this season. And that us women, we are cheering you on. And if we haven't been, we're going to be in this season. We are cheering the men of God to be men of God, to stand up for your faith, to stand up what you believe in, that you've been made more than a conqueror, that you're an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Men, you are the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. And it doesn't matter what circumstance has struck your life in this last season. God wants to empower you again 
again to be the man of God that you're called to be. Bold and courageous and strong and victorious. Amen. But what happens when we get in the battle, when we get in these situations of life, there's our insecurities scream louder than our faith. And I want to speak to those insecurities, amen? I want to speak to those things that we're dealing with on the inside, and I call them a hesitant warrior. Has anybody ever been a hesitant warrior? Like you want to fight the good fight of faith, but you're not quite sure you want to get in the battle yet. Well, we can all relate to this. So I'm going to share with you about a man named Gideon. And I know we've heard a lot about Gideon if, you know, if you've been in the church long enough. But Gideon was a, this was so awesome about Gideon. He was a military leader. You know, those of us who know the story of Gideon and we understand who he was, we think of him as that man hiding in the wine press, and he was. But prior to the wine press, he was a man of valor. He was a military leader. He was strong. Do you know that he was a judge and he was a prophet? So here's this man that had great ability to be who God called him to be, yet he find him, finds himself in the middle at the bottom of a wine press. Now, I looked up this wine press and I was going to post a picture, but I decided not to because there was different kinds. But one of the wine presses was literally just a hole in the, in the ground and you had to take a ladder to get down there. And I believe that pro probably was the one that Gideon found himself in because he was hiding from the enemy. What was he doing? He was dealing with his own insecurities and failures and he went down into a hole to hide. Right? So we're going to talk about that. What are the places that we're hiding in because we may be ashamed of where we're at? We may be ashamed of some of our past or our failure or we're in this season that doesn't really look like who I am, but boy, this is what I'm living in and I'm finding myself hiding and ashamed. So what happened to this mighty warrior? The Midianites took over. The Israelites were in idolatry. They bailed on God again. So what happened? The Midianites began to raid the villages. They burned homes. They destroyed the crops, all of their goods. They murdered families. The Midianites left Israel in poverty. They were hiding in caves, and they were scared for their life. Now, what's so interesting when you study Gideon is parts of him that you see was very courageous. He was willing to stand up in a time of adversity, yet there was still a part of Gideon that was a coward. He was afraid. He had lost his faith, and he had forgotten who he was. There was times that he was very brave. Has anybody ever been there? You're so brave in your faith and you're courageous. And then there's times we want to retreat and we do. And that's where we find Gideon. And listen, everybody is in the same boat in this room. Amen. We're all in the same boat. There's times that we're in the forefronts and then there's times we're retreating because we don't understand how to face the enemy that is literally destroying our lives. And if you look at Gideon's life, he showed a lot of bravery and courage. I mean, he was the only one in his family that worshipped the true God. Can you imagine coming from a family, and probably many of you have, where you're the only one that stands up for God? And every one of his family members worshipped Baal, so he was brave enough to stand up, right? He was righteous enough to serve the one true God, yet there was something else on the inside of him. He was battling with weaknesses and insecurities. We find in the story he was hiding in a cave, afraid of the Midianites. And listen, he didn't have what it would take to defend his family. What is a man's most pride and joy? They want to take care of their family. 
They want to lead their family. They want to provide for their family. They want to have the answers for their family. They really, truly want to lead spiritually. But there's this battle of going, some days I feel brave, and then when God calls me, I feel insecure. And everything on the inside of me is like this tug of war of who I want to be, but I can't be because of what's going on on the inside of me. And women, we feel that way too, don't we? But I'm really challenging the men in this hour. So let's look at Judges 6 and find out a little bit about Gideon's story. In verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abizirite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. I want to stop right there for a minute and just look at that because he was threshing wheat in a wine press. When you are threshing wheat normally, you don't go into a wine press, you know, and so the wine press represents wine. When you think of wine in the Bible and you study it out, wine is a time of rejoicing. It's a celebration. It's a festivity, and there's blessing flowings. And instead of Gideon living in the place where there should be blessings and joy and festivity, he found himself what? Beating the wheat. See, when we get in discouragement and we get in defeat and we feel like a failure and we feel like we can't lead successfully and we can't make the right decisions, we start beating in a place that God has called us to have refreshing and joy in. And something I've always said, being a leader in the kingdom and leading people since I was, you know, 20 years old, is what happened with Gideon is his behavior changed. Instead of pressing grapes in the wine press, he was doing something different than what he was supposed to be doing. And when you get rattled in your behavior, when you get rattled in your thoughts and in this inward demon that's on the inside of you, you start behaving differently than the way you should be. So you start pounding things. Men, you start pounding things. Things start getting hard, and you're frustrated, and you start making hard decisions in the flesh instead of walking in the anointing of God. And I've always said this as a leader. When someone's behavior changes, and they start acting differently than the way they normally do, something is going on internally with that person. So I've learned as a leader not to go, why are they acting like that? Why are they talking to me like that? Now, how dare they do that? And I stop and go, wait a minute. That's not how they normally behave. Usually they're gracious and kind and, and a little bit more compassionate, and now they're ornery and frustrated and, and kind of aggressive. Let's stop and talk. What's going on on the inside of you? You know, you know as, as women, we're more probably emotional. We are. You know, I'm not super emotional. Hold it down over there. <laughs> Simmer down, son. <laughs> Matthias, <laughs> he's so cute. But where was I? Now you threw me off. So anyway, you know, women are probably more apt to share their emotions. Men are not. So what we have to do, what you have to do as men of God is say, what's going on inside of me? Why can't I rise up and be the warrior God's called me to be? And I'll show you in Scripture that you want to. It's just you're challenging this stuff going on on the inside of you. So has the behavior changed? It changed. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. Why? To keep it from the Midianites. He was hiding from the enemy. Why? Because every time he'd try to produce something, Midianites would come and take it over. And then he'd try to move forward, and the Midianites would come and take it over. Has anybody experienced that in your life the last couple of years? 
You try to get one step forward, and boom, the enemy's there knocking you three steps back. And you're trying to get forward. So what do we do? We get discouraged, and we find ourselves just hiding in a cave going, well, God, whatever you want. Right? Say la vie. I don't know. God, whatever you want. Let's keep going. Verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, Jehovah. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He looked at Gideon and all of Gideon's insecurities and hiding and failures. It used to be this mighty man of valor, was not living as a man of valor, but God looked at him and said, Gideon, you are a man of valor. You are a warrior. Why? Because I, Jehovah, am with you. That warrior means God's given you the strength, men of God. He's given you the ability. He's given you the might, and he's given you prosperity. You have everything in your hands, men of God, to be who God's called you to be. But you need to believe that. You need to know that God says, I am with you. I am for you, just like Moses. You may not know what to say, but God says, I'll put the words in your mouth. I'll fill your mouth with the things that you need to say. Don't worry about trying to be a perfect husband or a perfect leader, but step up to the plate, amen? Step up in the forefront and be the warrior that God's called you to be. Because really there's inside of you is that makeup to be that hero, to be the one that hears from God. The Bible says that you are the prophet and the priest of your home. What does that mean? It doesn't matter how you feel. You are in an anointed position to hear from God. You're in an anointed position to lead in your home, in your community, in the church of Jesus Christ, and in the kingdom. Amen? You are anointed. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you feel courageous or not, God is still with you. You are still strong because of the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you. Man, I want you to hear this morning that God always sees way more in you than you see in yourself. There's so much more in you than you see for yourself. Why do you think the enemy uh, hits the men of God? Hits the young warriors, makes them feel worthless, make them feel defeated and have failure. Maybe you've had examples that didn't portray men of God in your life, but in the church you have men of God, pillars that are running this race in front of you and say, if they can do it, I can do it. Because God is no respecter of persons, amen? We need this next generation to arise in the kingdom. And we need the forerunners, the, the men of God, the older generation, to show the young people how to be a warrior, how to stand up in adversity, how to lead in faith. Because there's a generation looking at the church and how the church leads is how they're going to understand or not understand. And I'll show you that in a minute. So the moment that the angel of God came to, to Gideon and tried to show Gideon the heart of a warrior that was in him, what happened? Gideon immediately attached to his insecurities. You're a man of God, a mighty warrior. I'm with you. Like an angel told Gideon that. He said, I'm too insecure. There's too much fear in me. And all the self-doubts begin to arise in Gideon. Man, I feel that way, and I'm a woman leading in the kingdom today. Self-doubts, insecurities, fears will hold us back. That makes us a hesitant warrior. Amen? We've got to be willing to kill the inward coward on the inside of us. And I'm going to give you three ways to do that this morning. Are you ready? Number one, every warrior must fight their inner fear of failure. 
Every warrior must fight their inner fear of failure. There's a battle going on in all of us, men and women. We're confident and we're afraid. We're courageous and we're cowardly. Listen, today in leading the kingdom, especially in the church of Jesus Christ today, I'm leading scared. I'm running ahead of you going, ah, like I'm terrified, but I'm running because I know God is on my side. I know that he is with me. I know his spirit is on the inside of me. So I'm running after the devil of opposition. Position. I'm going to run as a warrior, and that's the same thing God has put on the inside of you. Yes, there's this internal battle, but you're not got to know God is on your side, amen? God is on the side of, the, of his church and of his bride. He is for us, and nothing can be against us, amen? So the angel said, you're a mighty warrior. And then what happened in verse 15? And then the Lord turned to him and said, go. <laughs> it's time for us warriors to go. It's time to rise up from this place of complacency, this comfortableness, maybe this disappointment or this place of failure. And we've got to get up and we've got to go. And how do we do that? With the strength that you have. And I want to encourage you this morning, you have more strength in you than you realize. You have more ability to fight whatever resistance the enemy is coming against you. You have the strength. God has given it to you. But you got to rise up and take your position in Christ Jesus and say, devil, I'm not backing down. I'm putting my feet down. I'm going to get my teeth out. And I'm going to begin to fight the good fight of faith. Because I know what God has for me. I know what God has for my family. I know what God has for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to get my boldness back and my courage back. Why? Because I only have the strength that I have. Just like God told Moses. Moses was terrified. I stutter. You know, God, are you going to be with me? And God told Moses, what's in your hand? I preached this Wednesday night. You've got to quit looking at what we see. This is, this is not what God sees. Whatever is in your life, what's in your hand? There's a little bit of strength God gave, gave you. Bear down in that strength. That's why I take the rest of this fast seriously. Fast one thing. I don't care what it is. Something to sacrifice this flesh so that you can rise up and be who God's called you to be. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Mennonites. I am sending you. Now go do it. What was he saying? He says, you're ready. You're ready. Why? Because you have someone to protect. You have a kingdom to advance, and you have a battle to win. You are ready, men and women of God. He says, I've equipped you. I've anointed you. I've already prepared you. Now go do it. The only thing resisting the Christians today is our seat of apathy. Because we got comfortable over the last few years. Listen. I, I have, I'm all spirit and I'm all flesh. I'm not Jesus, but I have the spirit and I have the flesh. And my flesh is so strong, but sometimes my, my, my flesh is so weak, but my spirit is so strong. And I have to get up and encourage myself in the Lord. And I have to fight the good fight of faith. And I got to pray when I don't want to pray. And I got to put on worship music when I don't want to put on worship music. Why? Because you have to know the season that you're in. And we are in a season of battling. We're in a season of warfare. We're in a season of rising up. And the second we put on that assignment, we will walk with grace and mercy to do what God's called us to do. But if we go in the next season with the same clothes that we were in the last season, we won't make it because we will get beat up by the devil. He will discourage you. He will steal from you. 
He will lie to you. He will make you feel worthless. But when you are suited up with the armor of Jesus Christ, he can't touch this. You know what I want to do right now. You know what I want to do. Da, 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 da. I have two high heels. Can't touch this. Da, 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 da. All right, praise the Lord. Now go do it. So here he says, you're ready, Gideon. I know you've been hiding. I know you've been insecure. But I got him saying, you're ready for this. I've anointed you. I've called you. You're ready. And Gideon replied, instead of saying, yes, Lord, I'm full of faith. I'll do it. I'll do what you called me to do. What did Gideon do? Probably the same thing most of us do. And the first response back to the Lord was this in verse 15. But Lord. Another version says, oh, Lord. And I looked that up this week because we can look at Gideon and think, man, how dare him wrestle with God? You're like, where are you, dude? Like, God shows up, sends an angel, you know, and you can't respond to him. But what I love about when I look this up, but Lord, oh, Lord, he literally, literally was saying to God, please excuse me, God. God, excuse my heart. God, please. And I love that because it showed that Gideon wanted to be a warrior. And it spoke to me that so do we. So do you men of God. You want to be a warrior, but Lord, please, I'm dealing with this insecurity and failure, and I don't know where I belong, and I don't know where to begin, but Lord. Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? Can we not all hear that from our mouths and heart? How can I do what God's called me to do? How can I lead How can I be faithful to God? How can I touch anybody's life? How can I ever change? That's the voice of the enemy. He says, my clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. He went back prior to being a leader in the army. He went all the way back to his childhood. Well, you don't know where I came from. I was the smallest in the uh, tribe, Manasseh. They were nobody. Nobody wanted them. And God's like, wait a minute, did you forget what I did through you and in you? Did you forget the season where you were a mighty warrior? He says, I feel, what is he saying? I feel small. I feel worthless. I'm uneducated. There's greater leaders, God, use them. There's somebody else more called, use them, God. Maybe my time is up. Maybe I can't do this thing. And we throw in the towel. My clan is the weakest in the tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. He was the only one that served the true God, the true Lord. And what happened? He feels least. Isn't that just like the enemy? He said, Lord, I'm not good enough. You'll sense God leading you in this season, especially men of God and women, but men of God. You're going to sense God provoking you. You're going to sense him leading you to do things out of your comfort zone. What's going to happen? God may tell you to witness to a coworker. He may tell you to pray for someone. And there's going to be this warrior and this brave side of you that goes, yes. But then the inside may say, I don't really know enough, God. What if they ask me questions and I don't know the answer? What if I'm not prepared? It's that inner battle that goes on on the inside of us. Maybe God's calling the men of God to lead your family spiritually to pray with your family, to pray over your spouses and your children and take that spiritual role, but you feel like you're not sure you can do it right. You're not sure you have what it takes to be the man of God and the spiritual leader in your house. Maybe God's calling us to change our lifestyle. Maybe God's convicting us of things in our life, and we're like, well, what if I miss out? I have so much FOMO. 
Fear of missing out is what that means. <laughs> right? What if, what if I'm, I'm single and I need to put myself out there, God? Maybe God's challenging us to go into tithing and serving. Maybe sharing Jesus in our businesses, starting businesses, but you feel like I can't, I can't afford it, I'll fail. Whatever it is, there's this warrior on the inside of you that has this inner fear of failure. And we've got to confront that failure. And something we have to understand is that men and women mostly are created differently. Now, there's some men, women who function a little different, but women, we like to be built up and encouraged in a different way than men. We function differently. I read this book. I've read it a few times, um, and it's called Love and Respect. And if you're married or, well, if you want to be married, I would encourage you to get that book because it really changed my perspective on even male and female relationships as a leader is that women need love. They need love, right? They want to know, do you cherish and value me today? And the key word is today because women need to know that we're cherished, don't we? We want to know that we matter. We want to know that, do you see me? Do you see the value of who I am? Do you love me? We don't want love. We need love. You know, we need to be listened to, and we need quality time. We need to have something, the men do something that we enjoy to do in life. Why? Because I feel loved. We feel valuable. We feel like you see me, and that's Bible. Bible says that Jesus loved, we love him because he first loved us. And Christ loves us like the church. And so it's the men's job to pour into the women to make sure that she feels loved and important. Amen? And it could be anything from doing the dishes. And the women said, hallelujah, cleaning the kitchen. There's many things, but a woman needs to feel like they're cherished and they're valuable. And when you do those things, you get points, just so you know. You get points, but those points expire at midnight. It starts all over the next day, doesn't it, girls? Okay, just teasing. All right, but you don't hear a lot of men, and I know there are some sensitive men, and I love and appreciate that, um, but you don't hear most men go, do you cherish me? Like most men aren't looking, do you cherish me? That's not what men mostly are looking for, and I love that sensitivity. If you are that man, that's awesome. You'll make an amazing husband. But men want to know, do you respect me? They want to know, do you admire me? They want to be the hero, and what they want to know is, do you believe in me today? See, men have a today factor also. Not what you were proud of me before, but are you proud of me today? Am I your hero? Do you see me as successful? Are you cheering me on to be who I know I can be, but I don't feel like I am? Today matters to men of God. And we have the ability, women, to speak that love or that respect into them, not by what you see, but what God says they are. Yeah. Call those things as not as though they are. And, and, you know, this isn't a marriage seminar, obviously, but I'm just talking about this book, Love and Respect, that if you can get this right, love and respect, and somebody's got to start somewhere. Well, what they start loving me, I'll start respecting him. Well, she don't respect me, so listen, ladies, why should I try? That's the difference with men. If they don't feel respected and they don't feel like a hero, we are like kryptonite. And the very thing we want from them, they cannot be because they don't think they're our hero. The very thing that we want. And it, 
matters today, doesn't it? And there's a culture that, and this is the thing too, is if you're married, like your spouse, the men would think, you know me best. So if you don't believe in me, who else will? So we need to cheer the men of God on. Call them who they are in the word of God. Yes, things aren't perfect, but we need to call them who God says. Because as soon as they feel like they are, that you will empower them and you will get something from that man you never thought you could get. You will see a, a warrior. You will see a hero. You will, someone that will, you will see somebody who will cut somebody else for his family. You will see a man that will have his family in church. You will see a man that will serve in the house of God. You will see a man that will go to the worship services, right? Because they need to know that they are a warrior. And listen, women aren't fully responsible. Men have a choice, amen? But we can at least do our part to try to make a difference in that, amen? So culture would say, man, it's performance. You got to do that. You got to sell this quarter. You got to earn this week. What's your accomplishments? What did you produce, right? You've got this culture that you've got to live up to that builds your self-worth on what you accomplished last. And you're in this cycle of I got to meet it here again, and I got to meet it here again. And there's this eternal frustration in a man, right, because you don't feel like you're measuring up. Because culture has said you have to do this and be this and meet this status and have this kind of money and have these kind of things. And really, God says, ah, I put a warrior in you first. Those things are awesome, but you're first a warrior. You're first a man of God. You're first called by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Your warrior often becomes what you believe about him. Hallelujah. All right. Let's jump ahead. Gentlemen, the questions I want, question I want to ask you this morning is this. What are you afraid of? Women, what are you afraid of? What are we afraid of in this season? Every warrior feels like a failure. Do we feel like we're falling short, appearing weak, not measuring up, not providing, letting people down, losing the battle, spiritual failure? Amen. Every warrior has to fight that inner feeling of failure. And let me tell you number two, in Christ, you have everything you need to fight and win. You have everything you need to fight and win. You're not doing it on your own. Aren't you great that you serve a God who lives on the inside of you to empower you to overcome this battle that you're in? Let's look at Judges 6, verse 14. The Lord turned to him, Gideon, and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the hand out of Midian's hand, am I not sending you? Go in the strength of God. God has given you what you need. You have enough strength, you have enough discipline, and you have enough faith. If you've been attending Faith Builders long enough, listen, you have enough word of God in you to last a long time. It's just us rising up into that seated position that God has called us to exercise, amen? Taking the word of God and releasing it into your future. There's more in you than you realize, amen? You have the heart of a warrior. 
No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The power of God lives on the inside of you. You have the helmet of salvation that protects your mind. You've got the breastplate of righteousness that guards your heart and your ability to walk in the righteousness of God. You've got the shield of faith, amen, resisting every fiery dart of the enemy. You have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You have the belt of truth that ties it all together. And you've got the boots of peace to walk in the peace of God why you are warring against the enemy that's what a warrior looks like we're not weak anemic bit uh, beat down not good enough no I'm a warrior I step into who I am in Christ Jesus and I can battle anything in my way because I look like a warrior I'm standing like a warrior I think like a warrior and I talk like a warrior and when that kind of Christian shows up on the scene the devil's like whoa I better get out of the way because that person is coming in the power and the authority that the Lord is with them. We don't go in our own ability, do we? We go in the strength of God. And God has this crazy, I don't know, I don't want to say like he's being funny, but God sometimes will strip everything that makes you confident and make you stand bare alone and trust him. And I hate it when he does that. And if we continue the story of Gideon, Gideon says, okay, I'll show up. And you know what? He came out of that wine press with 30,000 men. Now, that's not a lot for battle, but it's much better than the wine press, isn't it? So David had to get his confidence, like, okay, God, you're with me in this 30,000, right? And he stepped up to the plate. And something you've got to remember about Gideon, if you haven't known this, Gideon was brutally, his brother was brutally murdered by the Midianites. And if you go further into the story, in Judges 8, when he did finally overtake the enemy, he said to them, you know, I wouldn't kill you if it wasn't for you killing my brother and my mother's sons. What was he standing up for? Someone to protect. And he told his son, and this is where I want you to get the revelation, he said, sons, go kill them. And you know what his son said? Dad, we can't do that. We, we can't fight. Why couldn't his sons fight? Because they never saw their dad fight. We have a kingdom to advance. We have a kingdom to advance. The next generation needs to see us fight for what's right. Fight with the word of God. Fight with faith so that our children will fight. And they'll have their own battles to fight. But they will see you fighting, mom. They will see you fighting, dad. And they will fight their battles according to God because they've seen it done. And Gideon's like, well, I guess I got to take care of this myself. And he went and he killed them. But let's go on to say, in verse, uh, uh, verse 2, it says, The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. Can you imagine that? God, I barely got 30,000. And you're telling me I have too many? Why did he say that? If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they save them by their own strengths. See, sometimes there'll be God will just whittle things away. And you're like, but that made me feel safe and secure. Well, I'm going to whittle that away. But that made me feel, and everything, we're losing our grip. Has anybody felt like that? This year has been like a landslide. I'm like, I'm just trying to hang on to everything. It's like it's just slipping through my fingers. And God's saying, because there's something I want to do in you before I can move through you. The church has had a shaking stripped everything that made us feel safe. I know how to do church this way, God. I don't know how to do it the way it's happening now. I know how to worship this way. I don't know how to work. You've stripped everything, God. And God's like, that's because that's the way I wanted it. 
What I'm about to do on the earth is not going to be about man. It's going to be about my spirit, and no man can take glory for it. He said, you got too many. (laughs) Tell the warriors if they look and they're afraid at what they see, go home. What happened? 22,000 of his men left. So Daniel's like, whew, I got 10,000 left at least. Praise God. We can maybe do this. And God says, "Uh uh-uh. Too much confidence in what you have. Let's test him again. Take him to the water. And he took him to the water and tested him. And what happened? 300 men remained. Can you imagine the rattling of your confidence? Kind of seems like the church of Jesus Christ right now. Churches that were packed and full and looked like success. God's like, "Uh uh-uh. I'm going to shake it up. I'm going to shake it up again. You're going to remain. You're going to remain with what you have. And these are the ones that are going to push the kingdom of God. You're going to be the ones that's going to mold and shape this move of the Holy Spirit. And God will bring people back, but it will come back to a healthy church, a church that is moving by the power of the Spirit and the anointing of God. But God had to say, go home for a while. I'm going to take the few warriors And I'm giving you an assignment to rise up. I'm giving you an assignment with a voice and a challenge. Will you take on that challenge? So what did Gideon learn? Number three, this is so powerful. With God, the way forward often starts with a step backwards. Isn't that the truth? Life has looked backwards. It's looked like, what are you doing, God? For a warrior to win the war, sometimes you must first lose a battle. There's battles that are lost. And that's going to happen this year. Listen, you're going to set new goals, and we're setting them, and we're setting new dreams. We want to reach the harvest for Jesus Christ. You maybe want to get out of debt, and then the enemy comes, and your car breaks down. Your dishwasher breaks down, and you're trying to get out of debt. You didn't lose the war. You just lost a battle. Maybe you want to invest in your marriage, like we're going to get the counseling, we're going to get the books, we're going to do what it takes. Yes, we're going to believe, I've got a warrior, and I'm going to cheer him on. And then you go home and you have the biggest fight you've ever had in your whole marriage life, right? Whatever it is, there's a battle, and it looks backwards. But if you were to take a bow and arrow and you're to pull it back, it's tight, but then you shoot it forward. Amen. You shoot it forward and it goes to the destination God wants it to go to. Life looks backwards sometimes. This church looked backwards for a minute. Looks backwards for a minute. Coming into 2020, boy, we were ready to just go to a third service. We were ready to take this city. We were ready with vision. And then 2020 happened. And everything became like, what do we do, God? What decisions do we make? What's your plan? And during that time as a leader, there was this screaming on the inside of me as, if we, can we do it again, God? Do we have what it takes to do this? I can't quite communicate to the people for what I feel and what I know in the spirit. And there's frustration and there's all these inner things going on on the inside of me. And faith builders would have never made it through the season that we made it through if it wasn't for the warrior of God on the inside of me. Not being perfect, but saying, God, this is your church, and we're not going to be afraid, and we're not going to look at what we see. And I see the devil working hard in this, but we are a church called by God. We have warriors in this house to do what God's called us to do, and a church will survive if we will be warriors. Do you know how many hundreds of churches that are not reopening their doors? 
because they lost hope and they lost their direction and they lost their way. Insecurities will shout louder than our faith and we can't let that happen, amen? We have to let the confidence of God remain on the inside of me. It's only in Christ that I can remain. So Gideon got his confirmation from the Lord. He got his 300 as I'm rounding the corner this morning. And God told a mighty man of valor, take 300 men that are already beat down, sons that don't even want to fight the battle or know how to, and take jars. And when I tell you, throw the jars down and you'll defeat your enemy. There's not a lot to hang on to there. I don't have a lot of courage in my milk jugs. I got 300 people showing up with some jars. I have no idea what God's going to do. I've been stripped of all my confidence. I have no idea what's going on. But God does. God knows why those milk jugs are going to work. They weren't milk jugs. They were some kind of jug, probably wine jugs. Who knows? God knows why 300 men were the only ones called to the battle. God knows why he took a broken man out of that wine press. God knows. And you know what he did? He did what God told him to do. Even though everything seems like it was against him. In verse 21, Judges 7 says this, while each man held his position, while each man held his position, don't give up your post. Don't give up on God. Don't stop because the battle is hard. Hold your position. These men did not cower at this moment. They didn't quit, but they stayed faithful to what God said they were supposed to do. Hold your position around the camp. And when they did, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. Listen, when did God's people advance? When they stood their ground. We're looking for change, but God is saying, take your stand. Stand up, go. Take your position, amen? They didn't run, they didn't cower, and they didn't quit. Were they afraid? Yes. Everything within them was screaming against what God called them to do, but they did it anyway. Your greatest victories and your greatest fears go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. God will use them both. Every warrior's greatest fear is failure. And every warrior's greatest pain is regret. How do we do that? Let me close with this scripture verse. Remember, men of God and women of God, we have someone to protect. We have a kingdom to advance. And we have a battle to win. Amen. We have people to protect. Why am I staying faithful in church? Because there's people lost and going to hell. Why am I showing up when my flesh doesn't want to? Because there's people who need healing and hope. There's people who need their marriages restored. Pastor Ginger prophesied Wednesday night the prodigal sons and daughters are coming home. And not necessarily ones that left this house, but have left the house of God. And they're going to start flooding back into God's house. And we need to be ready to receive them. We need to be in a position as a church that we are warriors and we stood this test and we stood up and we'll be able to ready to embrace those that need what we went through, the same hope and joy and healing as they come through our doors. Amen. 
Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore put on the whole armor of God, so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to withstand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand there for it. Stand there for it, amen. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are the church of Jesus Christ. No matter how you feel today, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you today. I pray first of all for the men of God in this house, young men to grandfathers, Father God, those watching and those in the room. I pray, God, that you pour out your spirit upon them. God, cover them today with hope. Give them joy. Give them peace. Reassure their souls that everything's going to be all right. Father, I break the tormenting spirit off these men of God. I break the lies and the affliction that would hold them bondage, God. I ask that you would shatter it by your spirit and that you would raise up warriors. You would raise up mighty men of God in the marketplace, in the kingdom, Father God, in whatever position in their schools and in the colleges, Father God. Raise up the warriors across the nations, Father God, and in this house and in this city. We thank you, God, that this church is blessed, it's called, and it has purpose and destiny from the foundations of the world, Father God. This was your assignment and your calling here on earth for this church. I thank you, God, that we will protect someone in this season. We will advance the kingdom, and we will win the battle of hell that's coming against the church of Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, now is the time. Maybe you need to come back to Jesus. Maybe there's some things you need to surrender. Maybe, man of God, you're just like, I'm going to tap into who God says I am. I'm not going to get it all right, but I'm going to rededicate my life to Jesus. And I'm going to take that position of who I am as a man of God. I want everybody to repeat after me this morning. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior and raise me up in this hour of the church as a mighty warrior. I'm an overcomer. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. And I have the power of the Holy Spirit living in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a praise.